And so for me, I think people have gone like it, it's too polarizing right now. You know, it's one week or the other, like one week we're you know, we have a huge game against the, you know, Washington commanders and we're back. We're ready to go. We go out there, do not play very well at all against the Minnesota Vikings. And then we suck again. It's the bad place and everything like that. And he's like, oh, we're, we're all the Justin Fields defenders now. But the thing of it is, we don't know how Justin Fields would have finished that, that game. Now, I, I believe in my heart that if he would have been given the opportunity to drive down the field and score, given what he was able to do against the commanders, going and making some adjustments, perhaps looking for DJ Moore, and maybe I'm a little bit diluted or anything like that, but I still think it's pretty possible that the Bears could have rallied that game. It was a one-score game, you know, despite everything that was going on. And, you know, one of those touchdowns came off of a defensive turnover that I know that Justin Fields wasn't playing well, but Kirk Cousins wasn't playing well either. Both teams were just kind of feeling it out, and it was like last week was such an anomaly for everybody in the NFL. Like, look at Justin Herbert. Look at these. Look at a lot of the quarterbacks who are not playing well over the last, you know, last week or so. So, I don't want to give up and I don't want to be one of those guys who's disappearing because I'm, I'm listen, I'm not going away. I'm still not going away. I, I still believe that Justin Fields will be a very good quarterback in the NFL. I'm still hopeful that would be with the Chicago bears, but I understand the reality of the situation. So again, but all that's for not because he's not playing this week anyway. So in any event, we got the Raiders game coming up and you know what, Sammy, let's just go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. New night, new time, although it's week seven. You should you should be familiar with this by now. But, of course, we're trying to get you out of the here and out of the way so you can go enjoy AEW this evening. You can go listen to the Tape Never Lies Network. Phil and Shane will be on at about an hour and a half from now. But for right now, we're going to be sitting here taking some questions, uh, probably not taking as many questions as much as just letting people vent about everything that's been going on over the last, I don't know, couple of weeks or just the last week, you know, cause it is disappointing to once again. And I, and I buy into it as well. I do feel like at some point, I feel like we've reached the bad place. It is one of those situations where, you know, I was really hopeful that after beating the commanders that we were going to go out and have one of our better games, like the mini buy. Remember last year, the mini buy against the New England Patriots, and it was just a revelation. And even talking to Chase Daniel before the game, I, I ran into him at the at the NFL Network studios, and he was like, "Yeah, it would be like last year." Because like last year, we watched that Monday night game together, and everything just seemed to click, and everything just seemed to be going uh, rather smoothly. And you thought that after the Commanders game, like, okay, then maybe they've got this figured out. Maybe they know they need to get the ball to DJ more. But at some point, like, I don't know, like I I, want to see it in back-to-back weeks. But of course we talked about it with Tyler Scott and with anybody who 
listened to the Tyler Scott show already. We know we talked about this. Justin made mention of this fact a couple of weeks ago. Like, look, last year, the Lions uh, were doing the same thing. Couldn't get out of their own way through the first eight weeks of the season before they started to finally get it together. Having it all start to roll. Now, the one difference in this case is that Justin Fields uh, likely not to play this week. That is the biggest thing. And that that is one of the things that I think that, you know, I would love to be holding my hand on because we still don't know. I mean, it was very interesting that Luke Getze, or excuse me, Matt Eberflus came out and was immediately saying, hey, look, um, Justin Fields is doubtful. Like most of the times, these coaches won't say a word. Oh, you got to you gotta wait till Friday afternoon when the guy comes in and uh, – the guy comes in, you know, and Friday afternoon doesn't practice. And then you finally sort of like, okay, I guess he's not playing. Matt Eberflus was well in front of this one, which is actually a bad sign. It is a bad sign. Talk about coaches who lie. Kyron Williams of the LA Rams showed up today at Rams practice in a, in a like plaster cast boot. And you're like, you're, this guy's just going to miss one week. Like you never know. So I, I guess, I guess the fact that we haven't put him on the, we haven't put Justin Fields on the IR says something, but that is the thing. And uh, I see Jalen right there talking about, he's all in, he's all for Justin Fields in the future, but he would like to see bad, bad gent, bad gent, uh, kick tail this weekend. I, I feel the same way. Now there's a, there's a lot of different things that can lead to this. Uh, if what happens with him, if he does come in and sort of like kills it, like, does it start a quarterback controversy? I don't know. We're going to talk about all this stuff because joining us right now is our co-host uh, rejoining the program. Uh, she was off last week, but we are very excited to have her back from FoxSports.com. It's Carmen Vitale. Carmen, oh my gosh. You look you look like you're in an actual home. Like, what's going on? I'm muted now. Yeah, I'm great. No, I am settled. I got my own background set up. I don't know if you're going to see it because it's still kind of light out, but these candles yeah. light up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They flicker. They flicker. We're just, yeah, we're, we're cooking. I love every part of that. That is, uh, it's good to see you settled in. It's good to see you comfortable and everything and all that stuff. And we missed you last week. Uh, yes. we, had a, we had a good time. Greg, Greg, Greg's okay. We like having Greg on too, but we like having you back. And I appreciate you being here. Um, listen, you saw the destruction. Brian Flores knew how to defend the Bears offense. Uh, listen, I'm trying to defend against it, but is is this the end of the world? <laughs> it is. The world. It is. I keep I actually was talking to my editors about this uh on our call the other day where you are not going to survive football season for a team in transition or a team that's not one of the elite teams in this league if you swing so heavily back and forth week to week like can we just take a breath can we take maybe a page out of the quarterback book of not getting too high and not yeah. getting too low we don't need to take these drastic pendulum swings every single week the chicago I, bears are who we thought they were that's that's the i do need to take these pendulum swings that's what i mean <laughs> i don't know i guess the one thing though is what was the what was the game plan because i mean they looked they looked so disjointed after that mini buy. Like I would have thought that they would do that on Thursday, but instead it's coming off the mini buy. Like what was, what was that game plan? 
I'm not quite sure because I don't think that Brian Flores and the Vikings defense showed anything, did anything that the Bears weren't expecting, or at least they shouldn't have. I take that back. In the locker room, players were saying that Brian Flores was presenting a little bit different looks than they were. They were thinking that they were going to. The Vikings were doing different things on defense. The Vikings weren't doing anything different than they have done the entire season. Brian Flores is Brian Flores blitzes. That's what he yeah. does. Everyone knows he does that. He's going to send pressure from everywhere. When you're, if you're not ready for it, that is completely on you. Yeah. And that's what was so disheartening. The Vikings do this every week. They have the highest blitz rate in the league, and it's not even close. He, Brian Flores has surpassed Bill Belichick as a guy that blitzes all the time because Bill Belichick, the, the Patriots are number two, yeah. but they're like 12% less Goodness. than the Minnesota Vikings right now. I was just looking up all these stats. So the, I'm not really sure what the game plan was as a result. To beat the blitz, you have to be able to get the ball out fast, and that's not what was happening. Also, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, no targets, like very little targets. I just, I, I don't really understand why there still wasn't more play action, why there weren't more design rollouts and runs and all this other stuff. Stuff like that can beat the blitz. And I didn't see it. So I don't, I don't know, guys. I don't know. What is, what a, it's like if, uh, you know, we're, we're telling, uh, you know, Luke Etsy to watch the Mandalorian. And he's like, who are all these people with lightsabers? You're like, it's a Star Wars. What, what did you expect? Same thing. Like Brian, they're blitzing? Like, yeah, no kidding. That's exactly what they're going to be doing. I, some of this too, like I was thinking about this. Like they played so well in that Thursday night game. What if the Bears didn't start practicing until like Friday? Like that, let's, don't even worry about it. Like don't just, just show up because apparently when we have time to prepare, it's worse. Look at week one. Look at that game. Like maybe just don't prepare. Like just roll the ball out there. Be like, yeah, whatever. Go, go do what you got to do. Is that a, is that fair? I, no, I don't think so. That's not how it's supposed to work. You had an extra. You had extra time to game plan for a division opponent that you were already very familiar with. Yes, I know that. Again, the defense is a different scheme under Brian Flores, but it's not. It's still a three-four, and you know, like Brian Flores has tells, and he makes no bones about it. We're going to be aggressive. We're yeah. going to get the quarterback out of a rhythm, or not let him get into one. And Justin Fields was not in rhythm and protecting the quarterback. Again, I can't get over the shuffling of the offensive line. I know a lot of it is due to injuries, Yeah, but I tweeted about it earlier today because Matt Eberflus wouldn't con- like straight up would not comment on the amount of combinations that they've used on the offensive line this year and what they were and that they were still going through it leading up to the game. This, this weekend's game against the Raiders. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why do we have all of this shuffling along a line that needs continuity that we thought was going to have continuity? Again, I get that there's injuries. I still don't understand when Tevin Jenkins went down, why that meant that two guys were then out of position where you bring in Lucas Patrick at center and you put Cody Whitehair back at guard, especially when you're planning on playing Cody Whitehair at center once Tevin Jenkins comes back. Because yeah. that's what happened against the Vikings. And Cody Whitehair, he could not, like, the, the snaps Ooh. weren't there. But I can't help but think if Cody Whitehair had been playing center this whole time, maybe those maybe. yips and those hiccups wouldn't have happened. Cody Whitehair has more experience than Lucas Patrick does at position, at center. 
He has snapped way more times in an NFL game than Lucas Patrick has. And I, for the life of me, can't figure that out because, again, I just, I'm a firm believer that everything starts up front. And that is what the Bears are going through right now. And it, it's, there's no, figure it out. Just figure it out. It's rough. Like, it was rough. Like, if you would, like, if we were, when I was in a, you know, a fraternity in college and if uh, we were playing intramural football, we would have replaced the center who was snapping that bad. I actually had to play center. We were playing the Pie Boys, the Sigma Pie. And you can't just be lofting the ball in the air like that. And like, you got to get down and pretend like you're throwing the football. Like you're an NFL player. If you can't, if you can't handle this mechanic, uh, perhaps you shouldn't be out there. And I'm with you. I, I hate the fact that, you know, you've, you've got to move four different people. Like it was like this one time I was on a flight and somebody's like, I can't sit in the window seat. And these, the, the person who is in the middle is like, well, I can't. And they're like, they're trying to pull me the, into this conversation. I'm like, listen, that's amongst yourselves. If you can't sit in the window and you can't sit in the middle, like I don't involve me. Don't make three of us move. The two of you figure it out like this. Leave me out of this. And I think that the bears need to do the same thing. Like our, our, our left guards out, whoever the left guard replacement is got to go in and play. Don't switch people around. So I agree with you on that. One thing that we're not going to be able to avoid this week is that we have to start a different quarterback. Ty, Tyson Badgett expected to start this week. What do we know about him? What are, what, are, what are we looking at with him? Because I know I don't want to judge too much on what happened on Sunday because you're thrown into the mix. You don't get a lot of time to prepare, but now he's going to get all the opportunity to go out there and do his thing. What do we expect from Tyson Badgett? Pretty much more of the same. Tyson Badgett came on today and said that he wants these coaches to be able to run the offense without like seamlessly. He wants them to be able to run it the exact same way, call the exact same plays that they would have for Justin Fields with him and that he is going to be ready through and through. He's going to have studied. He's going to be prepared through and through. And that's why Tyson Bajant won the job, the, the backup job over anybody else is because it seamlessly transitions this offense to another quarterback that can pretty much do the same things. There's no substitute for Justin Fields and his running ability. I get that. Yeah. But Tyson Bajan can run and can do a lot of the things off script that Justin Fields can do as well, not to mention can and should benefit from the things that they're trying to do within this offense that were helping Justin Fields be successful. Yeah, I you know, it's funny because there's no there's no quarterback controversy or there shouldn't be. But I mean, like if he plays well, it's going to be complete chaos, isn't it? I, I want him to play well and I want to win this game. But at the same time, I know that if he plays well and wins this game, it's going to be nuts next week. Like, there's no avoiding the chaos, correct? Prop, knowing Bears fans, probably not. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Even if he plays well and goes for a prolonged period of time in relief of Justin Fields, he would have to play literally out of his mind for the Bears then to continue to make him the starter pass this year. You're just, you're not going to, again, unless you are proven so wrong and he goes out there and he lights stuff up and he's the next Patrick Mahomes. Anything short of that, you're not going to trust an undrafted D2 guy out of Shepard to lead a franchise that is in desperate need of a quarterback. And I think that that's not going to prevent them from doing anything in the draft. I don't think, I think that, 
the Bears, if they're if they have the number one overall pick, I'm in the camp that they're going to take a quarterback. Hundred percent. I, I like. There's just there's no question in my mind that they are going to move on, and that way this kind of puts everybody on the same slate. At least the quarterback was drafted by the current GM. I don't know if Matt Eberflus survives. I think he does, but there's really for as much commotion as would happen as of Tyson Bajan replacing Justin Fields, we would still be in the same place with the Chicago Bears come the season's end and into the draft. It is. is. Well, everybody's ready to write the Tyson Bajan is the new Brock Purdy story because they they've already. I'm sure they've all got that. It's like a Mad Lib at this point. You're just ready to run the story. Um, and everybody's ready to talk about it, but it is interesting because let's say for instance, he plays well for a long extended period of time. Could the coaching staff then be like, well, see, it wasn't us. Like we we're calling great plays. Like this guy can do it. Uh, would it be a debt? Like that would, that'd be pretty damning for Justin. If Tyson can go out there and play really well for an extended period of time. It would. But then again, like I was saying, it ultimately doesn't matter because Even if it, yeah, it's damning on Justin Fields, and that's the only difference here, I think. But you're still in the same place by the end of the season, come draft, that you are going to take a quarterback that you believe more firmly fits the system or someone that you can at least mold a little bit more rather than having to kind of break them down and then build them back up like they're trying to do what they were trying to do with Justin Fields. Uh, But the good news is is that Tyson Bajant can run this offense as is. And in fact, Kevin O'Connell, right after that Vikings game, said as much. He was like, yeah, they put the backup in and we didn't have to do anything differently, which is, it becomes the double-edged sword because usually the only silver lining of having to bring your backup quarterback in is that the defense hasn't prepared for a guy like that. Yeah. And that's why I feel like you saw Nate Peterman even have some success. I'm not saying he was successful. Right. But had some success because the defense just spent the entire game at this point playing another quarterback who has a drastically different skill set than Nate Peterman. So Nate Peterman can come in and do some different things that's kind of putting the defense on its heels. And then usually that still fell spectacularly to pieces. But it's a double-edged sword. So now teams don't have to prepare for you really any differently. And even when that switch is made in-game, against, like it was against the Vikings, the Vikings are like, yeah, so what? We're still going to blitz you. Yeah. Well, Bad I mean, news you, for you. We're you were going to do it anyway. You were going to blitz the quarterback. Do it anyway. I know. They were going to do it anyway. They were going to yeah. do it. But like, that's an oversimplification. The point is, is that Kevin O'Connell flat out said, the, this Chicago Bears offense doesn't change with Tyson Bajan under center. And that in and of itself is damning of Justin Fields. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, like he, Justin's a different runner, but he chooses not to. So it's like, okay. So, you know, he was. He's handcuffed. I don't think he's, he's allowed to. No, he's not allowed to run. So it's like <laughs> Justin Fields. Justin Fields is the kid in your who on your floor had a car in college, but his parents wouldn't let him drive it. So it's like, ah, it's cool that you got it, but we can't use it. So what does it matter? Um, that's unfortunate. I will say this about Tyson because I know somebody asked me this earlier. Uh, I did pick him up for fantasy because he's got two decent matchups uh, in the coming weeks. And by the way, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy football, and it's easy and simple to get started. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, or better yet, download the app uh, and sign up. All new users, if you are a first-time player to Underdog Fantasy, you sign up, you use the promo code SICK, Underdog Fantasy will match your initial deposit up to $100. It's a great way to get started. There's some 
there's some contests that they run. Like they have these, these pick them contests, but it's players. It's really interesting. You got to go check it out. And if you've never, if you've been wanting, if you've been sitting on the sidelines this whole time and you're like, I feel like I want to do this, go do this right now. Go look at some of the pick them games. They're a ton of fun. Use the promo code sick and your first deposit up to a hundred bucks is going to be matched. Um, I don't want to go full Eberflus here, but I, and even I, I understand that the, the Vikings didn't have Justin Jefferson, but the defense did make not bad. Like the defense played pretty well. I mean, they gave up, they gave up 13 points. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, I keep talking about it and I actually wrote a piece on foxsports.com today or that came out today um, about how they're basically on schedule when it comes to the way that their defense is developing. Yeah. And it was, it, you know, sputtered a little bit in the beginning, getting used to the system, which is drastically different despite being the same scheme. Although all defensive schemes are very fluid these days, Yeah, but it puts a lot of, it puts a lot of pressure and it puts a lot of responsibility on the players. So the players have to understand it very, very well before they can execute it to its full capacity. And it's not a coincidence that against Carolina in the Minnesota's first win, Harrison Smith was the one that went off. Yeah. And then a couple games later in their second win, Jordan Hicks goes off because Brian Flores told me before the season that this defense was going to run through both of those guys because they're veterans. Yeah. And Jordan Hicks wears the green dot. He's the one that calls the defense on the field. He also has the ability, him and Harrison both have the ability to look at what the offense is, is doing and the looks they're presenting and pick up on tendencies in real time during the game and then change play calls. They have that ability. They have that autonomy. They can call audibles as a defense, right. which is hugely important. And now we're seeing the maturation of what that looks like now that these guys have a full understanding. Daniel Hunter also right. has eight sacks already. Yeah, he's been so doing he it. Is, he's, he's eaten. So it's it, like the Bears ran into the Vikings at a time where they're, they're trending upward. And that defense in particular is trending upward, even with the Jefferson industry injury and the offense being kind of in flux right i thought the bears defense was playing pretty well too i mean like at the same mm-hmm. time they also like they didn't give up a lot of points one of those touchdowns was a fumble scoop fumble like the bears defense is also starting to come along as well yeah oh were, were you talking about the bears defense i, I was, just went into the vikings you did it's okay that listen fine. it's it's, it's hard when you, you, you cover you cover the oh, nfc north i rolled with it I'm, I'm happy to hear it i'm like you oh did, yeah you did. Uh, I appreciate that. No, it's it's hard. Like I, when I have these deep division games, it's like okay, I'm having to watch all 22 players at like at the same time, which is very hard. No, uh, no, the Bears defense did has again. I think that's another unit though that is trending upward, and thank God, this yeah. is Matt Eberflus's unit. And without a defensive coordinator right now, um, they hired Phil Snow to be an outside consultant. That kind of he's not going to be in at games, but he's going to be doing some preparations to take some work off of Matt Eberflus's uh, plate. But that is translating now to the field where guys are, again, get, they're getting more comfortable. They understand what they're supposed to do. I think Tremaine Edmonds is doing some wonderful things uh, at that middle spot, at the, the middle level, I should say. TJ Edwards has also, I mean, statistically, he's in the top 10 for m- multiple uh, defensive, major defensive categories. Yeah. or linebackers as far as tackles, assisted tackles. Um, and he is everywhere. So I I think I said it before when, when the Bears picked up Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. I think 
Tremaine kind of overshadowed the TJ pickup. Yeah. But TJ was a guy, not only his hometown guy, he, he wore the green dot for Philadelphia, one of the best defenses in the league last year. Right. So why weren't we talking more about him? And I think that you're oh, seeing I'm... the defense go through them a little bit more. I know why, because he doesn't play for Baltimore. Oh, if TJ Edwards was playing for the Ravens, we'd be talking about like, is he defensive player of the year? But he's, he plays for Chicago and it feels weird that Chicago doesn't get that kind of love, but they've kind of ever since that Ravens defense did what it did in the early two thousands, it kind of overtook Chicago as the defensive, like that's the defensive thing. Unless you're an old person like me, um, like they're the defense, like the Ravens could give up 50 points in a game and people would be like that Ravens defense is like, they, they get kissed into that. So TJ Edwards, maybe if you get traded to the Ravens, you'll get the recognition that you deserve, but you've been doing, he's been doing great. I love him. And he made a great play by the way. Like I cannot tell you how frustrating it is to sit there and watch a play where you're like, okay, like it's a, it's a close play, but did he, was he in bounds when he scooped it up? The ruling on the field is a fumble. I know. That was hard. And then you're that like, there's not enough evidence to overturn this. Right. Like there is not, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, but then you know. got the, you got the intentional grounding uh, on the other side of it. This is, this is the part the benefit of covering both teams is I get to see both fan bases pop off about what, what call was egregious. And I agree. Yeah. Like TJ Edwards probably should have had that play if for effort alone. But then there was the call where Kirk Cousins on the third down got called for intentional grounding when CJ Ham was very much no, in the area. No, he no, was, no, he was, no. he was, he was, he was, he was in Soldier Field, like he was there. <laughs> he was like a yard, maybe two from the ball, like where it ended up landing. So, like, I'm so, no, like he was, it was, he was on green grass at some point. But you know the intent. Kirk Cousins was not trying to to complete a pass. He was he was grounding it. That's what he was doing. I mean, he was, but you're allowed to do that when there's a receiver in the area. <laughs> not in my not in my book. I I felt that the I felt they made the right call there. That was yeah, the I'm way sure. to go. I'm sure. Oh my gosh. I um I will say this though. Uh what do we do this week? Like uh, the Raiders, the Raiders like it's crazy because the Raiders have won back-to-back games. And you're like, "Oh yeah, that's no. They're a terrible team. Like, don't no disrespect any Raider fans who are chiming in right now. You're terrible. You're not a good team. You beat the Packers, and it was funny. And then you beat the Patriots, and I'm like, oh, there's no way they can keep this going. But what do we what do we expect this weekend against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders? I'll tell you what. Oh, no. Max Crosby scares me oh, for yeah. for the Bears' offensive line and the quarterback situation. You, you got it. You got another Daniil Hunter on your hands at this point, and better. I mean, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to equate Max Crosby with Daniel Hunter because I was at the game in Vegas for the Packers, the Packers Raiders game on Monday night, and what Max Crosby is able to do, almost single handedly, is insane. He yeah. is an absolute elite pass rusher. We cannot continue to not put him in that conversation um, because he's he's incredible, and that worries me. If I'm the Bears' offensive line, that worries me. If I'm Tyson Bajan. So uh, that they're going to rely very heavily on the pressure that he can get up front. I'm not sure about this offense, what it's going to look like. Jimmy G didn't practice today. It's looking more and more like this is going to be a battle of the backups from an offensive perspective. Uh, The Raiders have not figured out how to run the ball. And that's something that the bears defense has been steadily improving at as well is, is their run defense. 
uh, with those guys up front, Andrew Billings, Ron Dexter, uh, have garnered pretty good grades as far as um, run defense goes. So I think they might be able to be effective there, but I have to expect that the, the Raiders are going to try to lean on Josh Jacobs. Right. Because if you have a backup in there, what choice do you have? Um, we'll see. I, so far, Devontae Adams has been rendered pretty useless for them, and he feels it, obviously. So I, it's it's going to be a very – I just I anticipate a very sloppy game, to be quite honest. Oh, no, absolutely. It's, it, I, I agree with all that. It's, it's interesting too, because first of all, I think that, uh, Max Crosby, go ahead and take the week off. There's no need. You're fine. <laughs> no, you, you need it. Like it's the NBA, like pretend you're Kawhi Leonard. Load management. Some, load management. 17 game season. You don't need to play all 17 games. You can certainly sure. take one off and go into Chicago. Listen, go out, have a nice meal on Saturday night, sleep in. And then uh, show up somewhere around noon uh, and just sit there. Or better yet, uh, what you could do is go to the uh, Game Room Chicago, located <laughs> inside the historic the historic Chicago Athletic Association Hotel. Uh, Game Room Chicago features billiards, shuffleboard, skee-ball, papa shot, and more. And it has plenty of space to watch your favorite game, Max. So you can actually just watch the game there, Max. Uh, they've got a menu featuring Michelin-starred chef Mari Katsumura Snack Foods. They have beer towers, a weekend Bloody Mary bar, and shareable signature cocktails. Game Room Chicago is the place to be on game day, specifically for you, Max Crosby. And uh, if I'll tell you what, if Max Crosby goes, takes the game off, Game Room Chicago will pick up his tab. If, but only during the game. He has sure. to not play. Uh, it, it would be better if he showed up in his uniform. I mean that would that would help, but if Max Crosby goes to Game Room Chicago, they'll they'll comp his meal D- during the game only. So he's got to be there right when right at kickoff, and he's got to stay through the entirety of the game, all three hours, and then you then you may go, and then uh, we'll comp your bill, Max. Um, that's it. So there you go. That that'll be fun. There you uh, go. He's in the game. Max Crosby should not play for the Max Bears. Crosby should not play. That would be amazing. That's the key to the game for the Bears. Uh, let's take some questions from the audience. I know that you guys have been, uh, chirping here. So I want to, what do you got? What, what's on, what's on everybody's mind? How is Justin a QB one? Do you not read a depth chart again? Like going back to going back to the game against the commanders, which was very good. He comes into this game against the Minnesota Vikings and does not play well at all. And I think a lot of it has to do with partly the play calling, partly the offensive line. And then some of it comes on Justin as well. Like he's got to fight through it and be a little better. The only disappointing thing is that he didn't get a chance to prove it in the second half. Like that was the one thing that we wanted to see. That was the one takeaway that I had for him coming off the commander's game. There was a third and short. He needed to make a pass to DJ Moore. He was able to do it. He sealed the victory. I wanted him to get another opportunity. And so Again, you could you could look back and say, well, he's never really done it before. What leads you to believe he would do it again? Now, that's fair. But what we want to see is if he is going to make that progress. And so being robbed of that opportunity, he, he literally could have driven them down the field. Then they win. And then it would have been a, a situation where it's like, hey, we, we finally won a game where he played ugly. And we won as, as opposed to him throwing four touchdowns and winning. So I, I feel like we are robbed of that opportunity. I'm still not ready to give up on him but I still think he's going to be a quarterback one in this league. Uh, even if he had done that though, 
from my perspective, then you still only put together 30 minutes of good football in a game. That's a and lot of quarterbacks. <laughs> they did. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not. And that can absolutely apply to other people. But for me, a star, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I forgot who the, who that, the name was there. But like, I, get, I get where you're coming from in that I need my, quarter, I need my starting quarterback to put together 60 minutes of good football. Um, and we haven't seen Justin be able to do that. Even in the games that he played well in against the Broncos and the commanders, it was really only a really good half. And, and then it started to taper off as defenses made adjustments and stuff like that. What I really need to see, and again, this doesn't fall on all Justin either, is the play calling be able to evolve and for Justin to be able to evolve based on what you're seeing in the game, not what you thought was going to happen coming into the game, not what you scripted, none of that. I want you to be able to adjust and that's been, I think that's been a big ticket issue with this coaching staff, with the Bears in general, is that they haven't adjusted at halftime to figure out what the other team is doing and how to counter it. So I get it. Uh, and I I tend to think that Justin's time again in, in Chicago is probably over after this year. But that doesn't mean that he can't be good somewhere else. And and you saying like he could be he could be a starting quarterback somewhere else. That's I don't think that's off the table either, but I, I don't think that it's going to happen in Chicago. And I think uh, that we know that pretty well. Uh, when he's lighting it up for the Giants next year, it's going to hit differently for all of us, but that's okay. Uh, that's what we can expect. And I, I I mean, you see the writing on the wall, but again, I, I'm still of the camp of like, I'm supporting Justin Fields as long as he's the, the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. So. Yeah. That'll be that. And I understand all the haters are having a good time right now. It's it's looking very nice for you. You can go out there and enjoy it. But I will tell you, like, there's a lot of quarterbacks out there who did not put out 60 minutes of good football. I was watching Joe Burrow. Wasn't playing very well. There's some other quarterbacks who go out there outside of, like, Tua's the only one. I And Tua's even had – well, they fell behind by 14 points. There's a lot of quarterbacks that suffer, but we'll see. But Justin's got to do a better job of it. He didn't get an opportunity on Sunday – and probably might not get an opportunity for the next couple of weeks as well. Okay, how about another question? The Bears trading JF1 would make me sick. I mean, it would be a bummer. I mean, I think so many of us have invested so much time and energy into Justin Fields, even going back before he even joined the team as a member of the Ohio State Buckeyes, thinking perhaps he could be the player that the Bears draft at quarterback. It's It's been a long time, and there was a lot of optimism. I think, like, because people... We'll point out too, like, well, we didn't give Mitch a chance. I'm like, Mitch sort of sucked. Like, we sort of knew that from like there was no way Mitch was gonna work out. Like, he played one year at North Carolina. Mitch was Mitch played high school football in Ohio. He wasn't Mr. Ohio football. He didn't go to Ohio State, Cincinnati, any of the Mac schools. There was a problem from the get-go. And he played one year as a starter. That was never gonna work. Justin was a superstar. He comes to Chicago as a guy who played in BCS playoff games that we saw play at a high level. So there was a certain level of expectation, which makes it a bummer, but it would be, it would, it would be so sad if he got traded, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what you get for him. I don't know what the market is for him, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know how the bears kind of navigate this whole scenario. If they do try and trade him, what they can get for him, if they end up releasing him, whatever that is. Uh, I, I think that it's important to understand though, that it matters that Justin Fields is not Ryan Pohl's guy. Like it, that stuff matters in this league and it's, it's part ego. It's part team building strategy. It's just when you inherit a quarterback, it's yeah. 
as a, as a coach or as a GM, you have to, it, it requires a lot more on your part to figure out, okay, what pieces does he need? And, and you really have to mold everything around this one guy and hope beyond hope that he is the guy that you need him to be. And if, I don't know what Ryan Poles' grade was on Justin Fields when he was coming out, when Ryan Poles was a member of the Kansas City Chiefs front office. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like that would have been his first choice at quarterback from that class. And that stuff, unfortunately, matters. And so I think it's a good thing if you're going to keep Ryan Poles and you're going to keep Matt Eberflus, or if you're, even if you're just going to keep Ryan Poles, that he is able to draft a guy. Because then again, you're out of excuses now. It's like, all right, every, there's continuity across the board. You got the guy you wanted. So now you need to make something with him and and figure out the scheme in this system um, based on that. But I just, it's, it's hard to do that. And I think that that's a huge thing to keep in mind is while bears fans are so connected to Justin Fields and rightfully so he was, man, I mean, when he was drafted, that was such a huge moment, Yeah. but I don't think Ryan Poles and I don't think any GM is going to feel that way about a guy that's not theirs. No, 100%. And I don't even, how much time does somebody like Ryan Pohl spend scouting quarterbacks like Justin Fields if you already have Patrick Mahomes? You do. You still do. You still do. You absolutely still do. Oh, so so you can game plan against them or like in case he goes to the Raiders or something like that? Between that and just understanding the market, like you never know what's going to happen. These guys have, like they have, all of this down to a science as far as who watches who. And then there's cross checks between like, they'll take the, it it goes from the bottom up usually. So it's the area scouts um, that are assigned to that area that that quarterback is from, for instance, then will kind of make a short list of the guys that they've observed firsthand, talk to the people, all that other stuff that gets to the coaches. And like, that's all being funneled up to the GM at all times. And then from there, like it, the draft class gets pared down and then there's cross checks. So other scouts are looking at other areas based on that short list. And like everybody has to cross check everything and it doesn't yeah. matter what you're looking for because also like there's, there's opportunities for taking a, like if there's somebody that falls that you have a really high grade on, no matter the position, sometimes like some GMs absolutely want to take a guy like that and then either trade him later or he'd just be an asset for the organization. Um, it's a, it is different with quarterbacks. It's a little different with quarterbacks, but he absolutely did his due diligence and does his due diligence no matter who he has under center and or no matter who he has at certain positions because you never know when you're going to need another one. Now, it's very true, and it goes back to when they first took over, and I'm talking about Ryan and Matt. They were very noncommittal, and we just kind of, I know me in particular, were like, that's ah, no big deal. But they were pretty much like, yeah, we'll see. Like They were like, they were more looking back in hindsight, they were more evasive than I was giving them credit for. And there might have been a reason. And so I do hope, and again, I mean, part of this too, I feel like this is this is Getsy and Eberflus's opportunity to show, like, look, we can scheme an offense. We can be pretty good. And you know, if you wouldn't you wouldn't keep Tyson as your starting quarterback unless unless he's Brock Purdy, you win. 12 consecutive games, then perhaps you would look at a thing like, okay, maybe we'll keep them. Then you'd probably, well, no, because you still have Carolina's pick. But I think that if they go out there and win some games with Tyson Badgett, then you can be like, see, it's not us. Like we, we know what we're doing. And then they would probably buy themselves a year 
which might end up being the worst. Because at some point, I want the coach and I want the coach and quarterback to align. I mm-hmm. want the coach and the quarterback to be simpatico, just to come in at the same time. The GM doesn't matter. I think that I still believe that Ryan Pace has done a pretty good job with some of the other things. Um, I know Bears Twitter is a little bit more critical, but I'm like, nah, he's doing fine. It's the Chase Claypool thing being what it is, but I'm like, DJ Moore's good. So like there, um, they fleeced. They f- like, if they end up with Carolina's number one pick, like you could not get rid of a GM that pulled off that. Like, there's just yeah. no way there's no way to me, but, uh, how about another question though, Sammy, if we got one, Ooh, if fields is out more than four weeks, it's over him. It's going to kill me to watch him go somewhere else. It'd be great. Uh, bears need to build both lines. And, uh, I, I agree, Tito, uh, the, the offensive line and the defensive line needs a lot of heavy investment. And it's always a funny thing to me too. Like when people are like, if the bears somehow end up with the number one overall pick, whether they earn it or Carolina gets it and you're like, okay, we're drafting a quarterback. People are like, no, get the, I'm like, no, 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 you're not passing up on Caleb Williams. I'm telling you right now, even as Justin Fields top backer, if we somehow find a way and Caleb Williams is there at number one, he's the Bears quarterback. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we talked about it. I'm in complete agreement. Although I, the more and more that I talk to people that are kind of a talent evaluators around the league, the more that I am um, not doubting, but like, oh, no. I think that we're not giving uh, Drake May enough credit here either. I think that Drake May and and Caleb Williams are kind of closer for that top quarterback spot in this class than people think. At least that's what I've been hurt hearing. Yeah. Um, but regardless. Um, hearing from, I'm, from Drake May's father. No, I'm I actually, a uh, w- really weird story about uh, a connection to Drake May. I was, I watched a Luke Bryan, Sam Hunt concert with Drake's brother, Luke, right. who was on the Carolina, North Carolina basketball team. And he's like, they're um, both, I think he's like, he's better than Caleb. I know I was in, I was, I was uh, with some friends in a suite and we were, we like, and, and Luke was there too. So I actually got to know Luke a little bit and it's, they're a wonderful family and he's a wonderful guy and um, just really funny, weird connection. People keep talking about Drake May and I'm just like, oh yeah, that's Luke's brother. Anyway, um, I'm full in full support though of building the trenches regardless, because I think that's what got you into a lot of this mess. We just talked about how much the offensive line affects what Justin is able to do and how this offense is able to get into a rhythm and how it puts a target on their backs uh, or their fronts for that matter for an, op- an opposing defense, knowing that the offensive line is kind of a weakness right now. So I am full support of that. I think the bears are still looking for that real solid, uh, you know, guy that can go after the quarterback at three tech. Yeah. Um, so you need to build both sides of the trenches. A model example of that is the Philadelphia Eagles and how Roseman. Howie Roseman is just a master at what it takes to build a roster and build a sustainable roster um, that can that can be successful year in and year out. And he starts in the trenches and he's talked about it so many times. And I could listen to him all day talk about how important the guys along the lines are. Um, but you're going to have a lot of capital to deal with. Um, and and even if you move, if you take your first overall pick, you get it from Carolina. And even if you're you have a high pick uh, yourself. You can trade down and, and get extra picks and or do some really fun things as far as trades, which Ryan Poles has shown that he's not afraid to do. Yeah. So um, as much as I know, like I said, it's going to hurt to get rid of Justin Fields. And there's no guarantee he is going to go off and be better somewhere either. 
That's true. Um, so you might not have to watch that regardless. Oh, that, don't be mean, Carmen. I'm not being, I think you might not. I'm just like, I'm trying to make Peter Sands feel better. If he's playing for another team, that doesn't mean he's going to go off for another team. That's true. Uh, so like it, it, you don't have you want but you might not have to see that you might not you might you have might to not. see it I don't know I think um, that I just can't wait for everybody to lose their minds when the Bears end up with the first two picks in the draft and they take Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. because then everybody's gonna go what and they're like they're gonna be so complain like the, we'll take care of the lines in the second round because we have a lot of second uh, second round picks as well although one of the things to consider too if the Bears if as it stands right now the Bears would have the first two picks in the draft. You have to think about what, like, I know that everybody's like, what do you do with Caleb Williams? But remember, if you end up with a second pick as well, some team is going to want to draft uh, uh, Drake May. Drake if you end up May. with Caleb Williams, they're going to want Drake May. So that that number two pick is also going to be very valuable. We would get a very similar package to what happened last year with, with uh, for the number one overall selection and DJ Moore. Like, we could end up with another one of those with even more picks and probably get another star back as well so there's a lot of things that can happen with this team and uh, a lot of cool like i know we're already i i didn't expect to be talking about the draft in week seven but here we are and uh this is what we do but i hate to i hate to call this short not enough to keep me from doing it but uh, i gotta get out to my class at chapman university my voice my ayso team by the way for anybody who's been paying attention we're now in second place and i was of loud voice on Saturday and I still have not recovered. So uh, I'm still fighting through that. And then like I do the Saturday, you know, scream fest at sock. And it's, listen, it's all encouragement. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't yell. I mean, you guys watch the show, like, you know, like I would never say anything mean to my players. I'm very encouraging, but I got to encourage some players more than others. Uh, and then like Monday and Tuesday, I have the yelliest segments on NFL fantasy lives. So I've never really been able to recover, but I want to thank everybody for being here, coming. I want to thank you uh, for stopping by. It's good to see you again. I'm I'm excited for your background. That's a nice, it's a nice thank look. You. Thank you. I Looking know. Good. I I have I have a couple more things coming from all my teams. So right now it's just I know it's just Packers right now, but it's not even really the Packers. That's a Drake helmet. It's that's fine. Drake's that way. It's Drake. You covered um, it up well enough, so that's all. Yeah, good. exactly. So there will be more things added to it, but I'm I'm getting settled in. So. Well, very good. What do we got coming up for FoxSports.com in the next week? Uh, I have an article coming out about Jared Goff because not enough people are talking about him, and he's kind of lighting it up. He was NFC Offensive Player of the Week this week. Um, we have – what else do I have coming up? I mean, it's a it's a weekend chock full of NFC North games, whereas, like, I had a couple, just, like, only a couple because the Packers were on a bye last week. And yeah. Also, it's up, like, now I'm like, okay, I'm paying for it. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so just stay tuned to foxsports.com. And if you want, go follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Carby. Please do that. By the way, I'll tell you a quick story about Jared Goff. I talk about him. I also love this too. I was in a, a league. Oh, at Rip Beer Company. Uh, we have a league. By the way, we will still be there on Sunday. I don't know, getting up early. What? Not getting up. For me, I'm up. I have kids. Uh, but for a lot of people. Uh, we'll still be watching the games at Rip Beer Company in Huntington Beach, California, PCH location. I will tell you, I'm in a league with a lot of the people, the people who work there and a lot of the regulars. I they they had our draft like on a Tuesday. No, it was Labor Day morning at 8 a.m. And, uh, and it wasn't like a thing like, oh, it was a crazy weekend. It's like I was working like Labor Day is a work day for me. 
8 a.m. is when we have our production meeting for NFL Fantasy Live. So I auto-picked my team. And unfortunately, the quarterback that I was auto-picked was Deshaun Watson. Mm. And I go, nope. And I I straight up, I didn't try to trade him. I didn't do it. I straight up dropped him and then picked up Jared Goff, who I've been using the entire season. So I'm like, then it's working out for you. And I go, (laughs) and my friend was like, you know, one of the bar, one of the, well, he's the manager. And he goes, that's bold. He's like, you didn't even try. I'm like, I don't even care. Like, I just don't want Deshaun. I don't want, I want to enjoy my fantasy team. And I go, and even if Jared Goff is not great, like he's a, he's a good person. Like he is a, he is a, he's legitimately a great guy. So I'm like, I'll suffer with Jared Goff and he's been great. So I haven't really had to worry about it. So it's been a double exactly. bonus for me. So I talk about Jared Goff. I love him. <laughs> he's throwing the ball a lot. And nice. even now more, more so with Dave Montgomery now out. He's throwing, I know he's going to have to throw the ball. He threw the ball 44 times last week. Oh, and our friend who always chimes in in the comments is just having a field day. Yes. Goff's good. All right. You've had that, but listen, uh, thanks for being here. Everybody appreciate the questions. Appreciate y'all hanging out. Uh, good luck this week. We'll be back Friday. Uh, with Rank's rival. Until that time, bear down, and uh, Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports Entertainment Life.